Welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited that you're here. Our podcast tackles a myriad of topics ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. Today's show is all about recognizing fathers on Father's Day. So our topic is going to be dad duties, a man of many hats. And yes, they do wear many hats. But before we dive in, let me introduce you to the pod crew. My name is Renee Stewart, and I am joined by my co-host, Anna Garcia. Hi, Anna. Hello. Carla Decor. Hi, Carla. Hi, Carla. And Lolly Ramirez-Bennett. Hi there, everyone. All right. So collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers. So that qualifies us to share our unique perspectives with you, and we're excited to do so. Before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can use at True Talk Cafe. And on Twitter, you can use at True Talk Cafe One. Don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave a review. We value your feedback. We want to make sure that we are providing the content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. We are so excited about today's show. You will want to stay tuned to hear about our guests are doing to share their experience with juggling fatherhood and their careers. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us for a live show. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Before we kick off and introduce our panelists, let's talk a little bit about the origin of Father's Day. If you're like many, including myself, you thought Father's Day is just another marketing tactic, a holiday um, created for profit making, right? However, that is not the case. And in fact, it is a story of determination by a woman and a decades long fight to get fathers the recognition they deserve. In May of 1909, Sonora Louise Smart Dodd of Spokane, Washington, heard a Mother's Day sermon by Reverend Dr. Henry Rasmussen in her hometown church and thought a similar day should be set aside to honor fathers. Her own father, William Jackson Smart, a Civil War veteran, raised six children as a single parent. Not really heard of in those times, right? On June 6, 1910, Dodd approached the Spokane Ministerial Association and the local Young Men's Christian Association also known as the YMCA, with her petition outlining the idea for an annual observance, and she received overwhelming support. Spokane held its first Father's Day celebration on Sunday, June 19, 1910, with moving speeches by her own pastor and those from other area churches. The first U.S. president to celebrate was Woodrow Wilson in June of 1916, who opened the church services by telephone to Spokane from the Oval Office, Wilson liked the idea so much of a day of observation for fathers that he pushed to make it a national holiday. He had just made Mother's Day official in 1915. But members of Congress resisted fearing that such a day would take away support for Mother's Day and commercialize the day for fathers, causing more harm than good. The effort to formally recognize a day for fathers met with even more hurdles over the years. Finally, Maine's U.S. Senator Margaret Chase Smith had her own thoughts on the matter. When the holiday efforts reached another stalemate in Congress, Chase Smith penned a harsh memo in which she declared, 
Either we honor both parents, mother and father, or let us desist from honoring either one. But to single out just one or two of our two parents and omit the matter, just the other, is the most grievous insult imaginable. More than 50 years after Dodd's initial efforts, yes, 50 years, guys, Father's Day was recognized as a holiday to be celebrated on the third Sunday of June by President Lyndon B. Johnson, executive order in 1966. But it was still not officially recognized as a federal holiday until six years later in 1972, when during his re-election campaign, Richard Nixon signed an official proclamation setting Father's Day permanently on the third Sunday in June nationwide. Who knew that it would be this challenging and take over 50 years for fathers to receive recognition for the positive impact they have on their family? Although fathers, like mothers, are pillars in the development of child's emotional well-being, some theorists argue that fathers serve a special role in their children's development. Many would even say anyone can father a child, but being a dad takes a lifetime. Fathers play a role in every child's life that cannot be filled by others. This role can have a large impact on a child and help shape him or her into the person they become. So let's dive in to this conversation. But first, let me introduce our guest. We do have Mr. Irvin Chambliss, who is a retired football coach. He is born in Tuskegee, Alabama, and the eldest children. Irvin grew up in Hornell, New York, a southern town in New York State. After graduating high school, he attended the University of Rochester, where he earned a bachelor's degree in 1976 and went on to earn a master's degree from the University of Albany in 1980. He began his teaching career and coaching career in 1976 at Liverpool High School. In 1980, he progressed and he shifted his career to collegiate coaching. His overall 40-year career spans across various sports, including football, basketball, and lacrosse at the University of Albany, Williams College, University of Rochester, Columbia University, and Union College, with a short intern coaching stint at the NFL New York Giants in 2007. He is a husband of 35 years to Sharon, a professional publishing editor, and father to daughter Nicole and son Jason, both graduates and working professionals in Nashville, Tennessee. He is currently retired, but proudly fulfills his role of eldest brother to fellow podcaster Renee Stewart. If you would like to learn more about Coach Herb, feel free to follow him on Twitter at Coach Herb, LinkedIn as Herb Chambliss, and Facebook as Herb Chambliss. Now, welcome, Herb, to our second guest, Mr. Philip Murray. Philip has been coaching high school football in the DFW Metroplex for almost 15 years. Currently, he is the campus athletic coordinator and head football coach for the Carter Riverside Eagles in Fort Worth. Coach Murray has worked with student athletes, male and female, in a variety of sports and worked to instill all his athletes with understandings of hard work, discipline, and high expectations. In 2020, Coach Murray was selected as Nike Coach of the Year speaker and was the Coach of the Week for the, tech, the State of Texas by Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Woohoo! In 2022, he helped to do the initiative, the first high school growth football league in the state of Texas inside of Fort Worth ISD. We're going to need a whole new show for that one. Philip is a Dallas native who graduated from Columbia University in 2003 after being a four-year letter winner for the football program. He has been married to his wife, Allison, for 16 years and has twin 10-year-old daughters, Genevieve Lynn and Josephine Mons. 
to connect with Coach Murray, feel free to follow him on Twitter at Coach Murray. Thank you, Coach Murray, and welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, we have Mr. Dominic Ridley, youngest of four children and the son of an egg farmer and school teacher. I grew up in the town of, he grew up in the town of Sonoma, Northern California. I didn't, guys. I grew up in Houston. I got recruited to play football at Columbia University, where his cousin who lived down the street from him had started playing the previous year. Keep it in the family, I see. He played under the great Irv Chalmers, another guest of ours, who really ignited his passion for coaching and finished his career as an academic all-Ivy selection. Post-graduation, he moved to L.A. to start a career in the entertainment industry and took up amateur rugby with the Santa Monica Rugby Club. During his 15-year career, he won two Division I national championships, and he nearly got an invitation to play the U.S. national team. Of course, they made a mistake and did well enough to get inducted into the SMRC Hall of Fame in 2017. Somewhere in between all of that, he married the wonderful and talented Jennifer Moore, had a hand in creation of four children, coached youth rugby with Santa Monica since its creation in 2004, served as a volunteer capacity as director of rugby for the University of Southern California, and recently joined the Knights of Columbus. If you'd like to learn more and connect with Dominic Ridley, his LinkedIn is Dominic Ribley, that's spelled R-I-E-B-L-I, but you will be able to look that up on our site. Um, his Instagram is Ribley Dominic, and then he also wants to recommend his Santa Monica Youth Rugby Group on Facebook, Dolphin High School Rugby on Instagram, and S-A-M-O Rugby Club on Twitter. If you would like to learn more about the U.S. men's rugby team, Facebook at Trojan Men's Rugby. Instagram at USC Trojans Rugby and Twitter at USCT, I'm sorry, USC Trojan Rugby. If you want to know more about ICEF Rugby, follow at ICEF Rugby on Facebook. And welcome to the podcast, Dominic. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, let's dive into today's topic, right? There's always relationships that we garner throughout our lifetimes, but something we fail to talk about is those relationships we're building before we even know. And one of those is our relationship with fathers. They are often more complex and set the bar for how we have relationships with others. Fathers urge children to take chances and overcome challenges with confidence in the protection and safety net that dad provides. In early childhood play, dads excite children to take reasonable risks with their security and protective bond. The different styles of parenting work together in complementary fashion with mothers providing a safe haven of comfort and consolation of fathers, offering a feeling of security, both physical and emotional, encouraging children to explore and confront risks. But a father's love often remains unspoken. So my question to you guys today is, can you give us an example of children to take a risk in their lives? And how that looks and how others could perceive that and the affection that you don't always speak or sometimes do speak, everything changes depending on the relationship, right? Yeah, I think I'm really lucky so far. I mean, my, my girls are still kind of small. They're 10. Uh, so we talk a lot about the you know risk for them is very different than it is when you have 18-year-olds and 25-year-olds and some of you with older children. We talk about risk and, and really more it's, it's for us at their age, it's the risk of of talking to the kid that's new in class. It's talking to the the adults who are addressing you 
we, we, the risks of uncomfortability that children often have and trying to instill kind of that courage and bravery that, that we're looking for that they're going to, I know they're going to need later on in life. That's really like the risks of a, of a smaller child are much different as, and as they grow those risks. And maybe Dom could speak to that is uh, the risks that they grow change. And I think right now, the risks that we try and build, that we talk to them about are, are the risks of just that, that comfortableness and that shyness that they're going to have to get past to be successful in the things they do later and start working on that now. Perfect. Dom? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I have kids with very different tolerance for risk aversion. My eldest son, really, really risk averse kid, whereas my second daughter has, has no fear. And so, so dealing with them uh, and trying to foster the, you know, foster the, the ability to take risks or willingness was quite different. With my daughter, it was more about managing failure. For her, right? Because she was just a naturally talented kid who didn't experience a lot of failure. So when it did occur, it was trying to get her to understand these things happen, right? And and how do you deal with that and how do you move forward? Whereas my son, like I coach rugby, it's a pretty physical sport. And for him, it was about learning how to deal with getting hit, right? And I recommend it most of everybody, especially men. Get hit sometime in your life. Know what it feels like. And that's like I tell them, you like, understand what it feels like and understand that it doesn't hurt as much as you think it's going. Right. So he started out in U tens and we worked on tackle. And you know, then for the most part, he was probably he was one of the weaker kids on the team, but he stuck with it. And we had a nights, a lot of nights where we came home from practice. And I just said to him, It's not always gonna be like you're going to get better. You're going to understand. You're going to improve. You're going to get bigger. And he, and, and he, he pressed and he got better and better. And he's now in a situation where he became captain of my team. He, he's a great leader and, and he's still working through the fear of it, but he's really improved a lot. Gotten to be one, gone from one of the you know, weaker players to one of the stronger. I'm going to go ahead and, like- go ahead and add in for Dom here. Getting hit does hurt. It just doesn't hurt for as long as people think it hurts. It does hurt, though. <laughs> you know, I was going to just get that snippet and take it to my husband and say, they told me to hit you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I love what you said, because when you talked about raising your daughter versus raising your son, oh, my gosh, can I relate? My daughter, the world was crumbling when she had to deal with failure or anything like that. So I don't even know if that's just a girl versus boy. So, I mean, every time she would call me like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm like, dude, what's your plan B? It's like, it's okay. So I, I love that. And then I also love that you talked about your son's progression because it looks like that helped coax them into the next step and the next stage. And he, you know, look at him now. So I think that's very essential. That's top priority for a father. You told him, take that risk, keep pushing, keep going. And Philip, to your point, yeah, your daughters are young now, but it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and then you got two at a time. So <laughs> Yeah. So, and I, um, and we really enjoy that two at a time thing because just, just you were speaking about, the comparison of is it boys versus girls or is it so much more predetermined and preternatural? I have two daughters that have been raised in exactly the same environment from the moment they were born. And they could not, to Tom's point, like one of them is, is, is hyper anxiety issues. The other will run in, run into a room and not knowing what's going on there, just run on it. And, and, and it really is interesting that that bit of how we have to now coming from the coaching world and professionally, like, 
I'm working one daughter through one set of problems and one child through one set of problems while the other one has to have completely different, like, hey, you, just let's go. It's okay to go. And the other one's like, well, you need to slow down, right? And, it, and, it, and it's that constant balance as a dad of, of one needs one thing, one needs another. And you got to keep that in mind. And that's, that's parenting. I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's just parenting. And I think that we all get that. But I think from the dad side, I have to be so much more focal. My focal point is so much more on the strength that, that my kids will need. Versus maybe the safety or, or that, that safe environment that my wife does such a great job of creating. I'm often the one pushing them a little, bit, a little differently into that unsafe space and letting them know that to Dom's point, like you can get hit and it's okay, right? To them, you can fall down and it's okay. And I think that that's just the, the dynamic that our relationship has. And I don't know if that's everyone's, but I know that our relationship as a husband and wife, my father roles is much more different than hers as a mother. Well, that's actually a great segue into our next. Uh, question and kind of stole a little bit of my thunder there, but it's okay. We'll keep moving. So research does actually show that a father's relationship with their daughter has very different dynamics and it can mediate the impact of early interactions of on many of their social skills, including their selection in men later on in life. And while mothers often tell their children they love them and nurture them, Fathers often demonstrate rather than speak their love. And a lot of times it's just providing, like you mentioned, what they need at that moment in time. But thinking about that, can you articulate how your love for your daughter has impacted her social interactions with others or your daughters? Because um, you have two. And how many daughters do you have? Two also. Two, two, yeah. Just just a little bit about that. Let, Let us know how you have seen some of your interactions with them impact the interactions they have with others. For me, I'm a physical person. I mean, I'm a football coach. I played, obviously, football. I, I Lots of other sports. I, it's a really athletic lifestyle that requires a more physical personality. And my spouse is completely the other end. She never played a single sport in her life. I think she actually zapped some of my sports energy whenever we got together. I, I don't I don't know how that happened. But that physicality, I think, translates into how I interact with my daughters a lot. I'm, I'm very quick to put my arm around their shoulder, to grab their hand, to hold hands with them. I mean, they're 10 and and they still will hold my hand when we walk somewhere. And I see that whenever they start to interact with their friends. I mean, when they go to leave their friend's house, they run over and make sure that they give them a hug. And those social interactions, I think, again, I, I don't know if it's just our dynamic in my in my marriage, but that's kind of more my role is to be the one that that does instill a little bit more of a physically affectionate and and just that sense of touch and that connection that I think that I see them demonstrate both with each other and, and with their friends. And then with other family members. And I think that's, that's something I've generally, I, I generally notice is, is, is that's coming from something we're doing. Absolutely, Dom. Yeah. My eldest daughter, my, both my daughters play volleyball and it's, it's really the point at which I make a strong connection with both of them because thankfully I've been in this game for a while and I think I'm pretty good at it. Learn a lot. And, and it's really where, where the, that, that, that connection occurs. And so I was with my eldest daughter in Phoenix at a tournament and uh, she's a captain of her team and, and she wasn't really, she wasn't putting it out. I, I always say to her, look, there's two things you can control, your attitude and your output, right? And everything else is, is outside of your control. So take those things and, and be the best of those things. And in this tournament, she just, she wasn't there. You know, she was she wasn't given the she wasn't giving it her best and, and it and I actually snapped a shot and a timeout. And after the game, 
after the game ended, she comes to me and we talk about it. And, and I go, and I just show her a picture. I go, I go, take a look at this. This is you. And, you know, shoulders slumped, not looking into the field. She goes, that's what I look like? I said, yeah, that's what you look like. And understand that everybody else sees that. So if you want to give off that positive image, we need to pull those shoulders back. We need to put on the smile. We need to show everybody else we're in this and, and, and giving it our best effort. Awesome. And you mentioned something that I want to just ad lib on here. You talked about how she played volleyball and everything. So, and you have boys and girls. So I know that my daughter, she played volleyball. She tried to do more athletic basketball, the sports and everything. And I think it was to try to grab some of the attention from dad. I think she felt like dad was overcoaching the boys and she wanted some of that attention. So she, she demanded daddy time. So she wanted to have a father, daughter, go to the Rockets game without the boys, like do different things. Did you notice some of that dynamic within the, the difference between the boys and the girls as you were, as they were you know, growing up? Yes and no. I mean, there's certainly aspects that, that I am not aware of. My children, like my children's online interactions. I mean, I, I, I try to, but I generally leave that to my wife. The show's watching the music that she listens to. That's really outside of my spectrum of, of influence. Although I did, did say that I would go to a Lady Gaga concert if you wanted to do that. Well, luckily for us, we're all a basketball fam- family. And so it was easy to pick something for father-daughter to do. But I do remember that. I felt like, you know, I'm like, he, I didn't see the difference. But as a mom, they come and tell you everything. We're the only parent they have, whether they like 10 minutes or whether dad's like 10 minutes or not. We get all the questions. <laughs> and they come to us and I'm like, Husband of mine, can you tell this child something? So uh, we did pick up on some of those things when they were, as they were growing up. Now that they're adults, she still says, well, Dad, you just love the boys more and stuff like that. But I didn't see it. So like you said, you might it might be there and you just didn't pick up on it either. Or it's like, it's not that serious. Mom didn't think it was that serious. But I remember telling my husband, can you just take the child somewhere without the boys? <laughs> so uh, there was something to look out for. Now, speaking about parenting and all of that stuff, and we kind of touched on this. Sometimes we're not necessarily, we're in the room, but not necessarily picking up on these things. But what would you say to those parents or fathers that are living separately from the children? It's important to maintain that closeness, even if it isn't geographical. It's most about love and the affection and everything. So can you talk about an instance where maybe you witnessed a father that doesn't live with their children, but still manages to keep that continuity of love with their children? Any specific examples? And if not that, what would you recommend to a father who is struggling with the distance of their children? Sometimes things happen and they're not around as much. And it's not by choice. It's by matters. What can some of these fathers do to make sure that that continuity of their relationship continues? I see this. I'm a football coach in Texas. So we're all part-time fathers for a large part of the year. Even though I live at home, there are days where I don't see my kids. I mean, we go two, three days and then before I can get a hold of them or see them again. And I obviously work with lots of men who might or might not be with their children a lot. The thing that I remind my guys that work for me and one of the things that I'm always trying to do is, you know, as a leader and and as a as a guy that's running a group of guys is make sure that they're all being the best they can be for their family, because otherwise it's going to be harder for them to do their job. I, I oftentimes remind them that five minutes is better than no minutes, even if it's not an hour. Five minutes is better than no minutes. I have one of my best coaches, one of my best friends and coaches on staff. He, he lives separate from his kids because of some job stuff that happened. 
he will call his son for five minutes. Just, hey, bud, how was your day? How was how was practice this afternoon? But the, the five minutes, we often get caught up in the like, you know, I can't be there. But being present isn't necessarily being there. There are plenty of dads that are around all the time and they're not. And it's that difference. Being present for five minutes, being in that moment with them for those five minutes of moments makes a world of difference. Is it is it an hour of, of the quality time you want? No, but five minutes is better than no minutes. And we talk about that as a staff early on in the year. I tell them, you've got something going on. Five minutes is, is not going to kill us, but five minutes will make the world a difference. The yield on that is, is too much not to make it. So I see lots of parents being a teacher, and I've, I've worked it as a coach now in lots of low socioeconomic schools. The kids at all these schools have absent, lots of them have absentee fathers. And, and, and we talk about that a lot as, as a staff. How do we deal with those young men and women? And then we, we have lots of interactions with them. And, and, and it's the same thing that we, I talk to those dads about. The little bit of time you can get with them is invaluable. Just because it's not an hour or two hours or a whole weekend, don't don't be afraid to spend the five minutes as long as you're present and engaged in those five minutes. Absolutely. Thank you. Don, would you like to add anything to that? Just that's a great point by Scott. I, I, I've been blessed. I, 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 I come from an impact family. My wife does as well. Most of the people I know, like we're incredibly blessed, but they can speak to Scott thing, being a father to, to, to other kids. My, my first rugby coach, great mentor, Stuart Crone, who runs ISEF Rugby. It's an inner rugby program in, in, in LA. And he started with the boys program and then, then ventured off and started a girls program. And he chooses to coach the girls. And you see it from afar. He says, most of these girls don't have fathers or there's a good portion of them who don't have fathers and he he plays that he he plays that role of simply by his constant presence of knowing that he knowing you have me i will always be in your life and he's a he's a tough guy he doesn't he doesn't pull his punches with his girls and 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 they they understand what's expected of them they understand how they're supposed to act how they're supposed to respect themselves at least in his presence, and that carries over to their life outside of. Awesome, great work, and I, I do believe that you coaches do you do amazing work with the kids. There are a lot of kids. Again, many of us are blessed. My kids never saw a broken home either, but there are homes that you know life happens, challenges happen. And speaking of challenges, we've always talked about the many hats that mothers juggle in their home: cleaning the house, keeping the children, going to work, et cetera, et cetera. But fathers have a lot of those challenges, too. And uh, when you think about fatherhood, especially with, with the new way of life, the new normal, 2020 pandemic, and all of the challenges that we continue, continue to face, you guys have experience in teaching in schools, these school shootings. And those are probably top of mind to, to everyone. So can you share some of the challenges that you face and just that way we can reassure other dads. It's okay. We're all dealing with the same, right? Just keep pushing and keep threading through. But give us some of those challenges. Oh, uh, how long a show is this? I mean, the list is endless. I mean, from, I mean, worrying about whether you're doing a great job and how you're connecting with your child to your child's safety on a daily basis to, are you providing them the right opportunities to, are you being gentle enough with them to, are you being strong enough with them? I mean, all those things in between. I find myself the biggest struggle I have is how do I, how as a father that coaches boys all day long, and I've coached girls in several sports, but I, as a guy that mainly deals with coaching young men, to then turn around and deal with two ten year old little girls at the moment, 
how am I, how do I be firm with them without being that guy, without being that football coach that's stern and gruff and, and demanding. And then the flip side of it is how do we, how can I continue to be gentle and, and loving and demonstrate and model that as a father so that they're looking for that in men uh, or women or whatever their future is. I think those things as a father, we, we face all the challenges mothers face. To be honest, I don't want to feel like we have such a different world in a lot of our cares. But I think the men, you know, the, the society's pressure so much of men creating a safer, stronger environment for their family is palpable a lot of times, especially in the world with COVID and with school shootings and with, with everything that turns upside down in our country in a minute. That is a palpable feeling as a, as a man trying to shepherd and lead a family and, and young children. Is, is, is this the safety really there? You know, are, and that's a paramount question, I think, in a lot of men's minds on a daily basis. Well, I might be Southern California thing that's a little bit uh, different for us than than what you experience in Texas, uh, Phil. So things I probably deal with a little bit more with the social media that that my kids kids deal with are really definitions and and of 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 masculine and feminine and more of what's what's more fluid definitions in in the in the zeitgeist now. So it's more about for me what role do I play within in the marriage, right? What, what, what do I bring to the table? What do I teach my kids that my wife can't? How can I, how can we complement each other in terms of the values that we instill? Where am I the taskmaster versus the one that has more, more slack on the leash and in relation to her? Perfect. And again, both of you are pushing me right into the next um, bullet point I have listed out here today. So the modern day father looks very different than it did years ago. Today's father doesn't necessarily have to play the traditional role of a husband, the primary breadwinner, the disciplinarian in the family. We have single dads, we have married dads, we have externally employed stay-at-home dads, we have gay or straight and adoptive or step-parent and more than capable caregivers to children. Some are facing physical or psychological challenges. And across research shows that across families from all all ethnic backgrounds. Father's affection and increased family involvement can promote children's social and emotional development. So that being said, have you guys always been the breadwinners in your family? And if not, how do you feel about yourself when you switch traditional roles? Where is the pride or ego? Or have you witnessed this? And how can we also elevate those men? I would personally love my husband to be a stay-at-home dad when the kids were little. I would not have challenged that, but he didn't want to. <laughs> For a long time, I was the the, the higher income earner, but the generality of my profession is there's there's much lower ceiling. My wife works for a, a major North American company and is a financial service, you know, financial analyst. And her career just took her to a place over time that that her eventually her earnings did outpace mine and do now. The ego of it is one thing. What I love is something that Dom did say, which is really, as a father, you're learning a lot of times that you're playing off of your spouse. All there's things that she is really strong at, and then I got to learn to be the balance to it. And I, and I think that's really part of what we got to do with our ego is is what I want and what we need to do are two different things. Sometimes she is currently working from home because that's what her company's asked. So she's spending a lot more time at home, which is really beneficial for our family at the moment, and, and still is the major bet. She's the breadwinner at the moment. Now, what that means in in the the societal thing really is is no income, no balance there. But what it means to our daughters is really 
that they get to see us both a little more often because of, of that of that option. I don't think she'd like me to be a stay at home. I think she'd like like to switch roles every once in a while. I think she'd like that very much. But I also know that that what it allows us to do is take our daughters and 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 go to do things and, and places and, and give them opportunities and, and enriching situations that allow them to learn and grow as as young people, let alone young ladies. I don't think we necessarily switch traditional roles because I don't think we ever really had traditional roles. We're, we've been married for 16 years now, been together for almost 20. Dominic will laugh that she was a bartender at the West End when I met her. And, and uh, there you go. But really, we've never had the traditional roles. And I think that the less we focused on that and more just how we fit together as a puzzle that is a relationship uh, was better for our kids. And I think that leads to, again, as a father, I have to be strong. I have to work on being strong in the areas that she's not strong and not ask her to be somebody she's not because she's wearing, if not more hats now because of that, that switch than, than ever before. Thank you. Don, would you like to add anything? Yeah. I, I, I was never the breadwinner <laughs> in this relationship. Not that I was a, a flunker, but, but no, we, we were always on equal ground. For a time, biggest thing I brought was I worked for a big corporation and I had like a bit of healthcare. But that's that's no longer the case. We both work for big corporations now, so I don't have that my, my, on my back. Jen's always, she thankfully has always had the ability to work from home. And and now with COVID, the greatest thing for me is that I, I got to spend the last year with my kids. It's been fantastic. And I got to see all the things that she balances with, with her job and Taking our kids, picking our kids up from school, taking them to theater, taking them to practices, and doing that all by herself. And and I, I don't know what it would be. I don't know how she did it before. Still, I don't know how she does it now. And 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 I'm here helping out when I can. But it's it's I don't know. I, I know it's been terrible for a lot of people, but this last year's been been good for me in the narrow aspect of I get to spend time with my wife during the day and my kids when when they're I love it. And, and yes, COVID did bring some challenges. It did bring some hardships, but I think it also brought some hidden blessings in there that we could take advantage of, like some of those families that were able to be together. In my house, it was business as usual. I had two working in the medical field and one working at Starbucks. So they were all home. I didn't, I didn't get a break. I mean, I didn't, I didn't uh, have to adjust. <laughs> I have always worked, I have worked from home for a few years now as well. So we do balance all, all of the things and it's pretty cool. Sometimes we do have people thinking, well, you're home on it. No, I work all day. So I love that you mentioned that she actually works and does the things. This just, you know, gives us some uh, ammo as well. But those are all my questions. Lolly, Carla, Renee, do y'all have any questions y'all want to ask? Our guests here today, in your opinion, what is one father get right right now? One thing that they could do to be better fathers uh, for their children. I, I hate it when a father says, I'm babysitting my kids. I hate that concept. I hate the words. I hate the verbiage. I hate the thought behind it. I am a parent. And right. me spending time with my daughters is not me babysitting my kids. And that's a, that's a mental thing that I think a lot of, that comes from that more patriarchal, older philosophy, older ideas and concepts and, and traditional system that I think is is... It's harmful to our kids because every we talk about modeling as adults and, and especially in the field that we're in, what we do is what our kids will do. And if I say that, 
out loud and my kids hear it, then that's what they're going to think is the role of the man in their life in the future for my daughters or what a dad should be for any sons or, or young men that I'm around. So it's a, it's a philosophical thing that I wish we would make sure we got away from. I love that. I agree. Dominic, anything you want to add? I'd say try not to take advantage of of what is or was the traditional role of the father as strictly a breadwinner. Probably the biggest thing, being present for your kids, not automatically assuming that you've earned time away because you you are the you bring an income being considerate of, of your wife and your kids in terms of what you ask as far as things outside of the family. Thank you. That was all my questions. I have a comment, not so much a question, but I have for the differentiation that you talked about in terms of the roles of a father versus a mother. I lost my dad when I was 13 and I had, I, I had the biggest privilege of being able to spend as much time as I could with him during this first 13 years of my life. He was my world and I was it. And you're absolutely correct about the foundation of strength that you teach your kids. Because there's no doubt that, I mean, I, I kind of have an unbelievable confidence that I don't quite know and can explain. My mother taught me other things, but she taught me, she didn't necessarily teach me confidence. It was it was more about hum, humility and, and other things. Yet, I, I always wonder about that. And in the comments that you made as you talk about the roles that you play for your children, that was that's where it comes from. It's, it's that confidence and security that above all, you could go out and do things. So I, my kudos to both of you. It's tremendous to listen to two wonderful young men that are out there and, 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 and not only being great dads to your own children, but obviously being surrogate dads for so many others that may or may not have. So thank you for that. And thank you for taking time to share your story. Yeah, I would add to that as well, Lolly. I feel the same way. My father instilled that confidence and that strength. And sometimes, I mean, my mom, my mom was a strong woman, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there's just this guttural type of strength that you have. I can walk into a room and say, okay, I'm here. I'm not like, oh, are they going to like me and all of that? I'm like, no, I'm here and you should talk to me <laughs> because I have a lot to offer. But I've always kind of had that growing up and it's just continues to build as I mature. But that's definitely one thing I can say. And even with selecting the person that you're going to spend your life with, you talk about fathers provide that safety and security. And that is what we look for. You want to feel safe and secure with the person that you're with. So that's first and foremost. So I thank you guys for that. Absolutely. I want to add that everything that you guys said totally resonates with mom, dad. I'm very blessed that my husband was a very hands-on father. I do remember, though, he would come home and say, hey, they work overtime. We're like, no, you're going to the kids to meet. No, you're going to the kids. I don't, I don't. And he's like, but it's extra money. It's okay. We'll make do. The kids are used to the, the current money. So I, I do believe that sometimes 
also the give and take and prioritizing. Money is important. It is great. It does keep the table, food on the table, lights on, and, you know, AC on in Texas. But that relationship that we build with our kids, absolutely no regret. We have very, very tight-knit family. All three of my adult children failed to launch. They have not left my, ne- my nest and possibly because of the parents that they get. So very, very that. So I would say hats off, applause to you others that have shared with us today. And if you would like to share any closing remarks or any words with our audience um, before we start wrapping it up, you're more than welcome to at this moment. I mean, yeah, no, we appreciate, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to speak for Don, but I appreciate the chance to come on. I think fatherhood is is parenthood. And I think that we just got to figure out how as a relationship, you and your spouse, or if you're by yourself and you have to play both parents, that that all those bases are covered. And, and I, I think it was really aside for me hearing Dom speak about his perspective, having older kids, knowing what I'm going to be going through here in years to come, but also just just the different way. A lot of things did resonate with me as well as the, the, the there's a partnership uh, that goes on in parenting. And then for those that don't have that opportunity, that the, the multiple hats that they're going to wear at the same time to, to try and do the, the job of raising, whether it's the child or the children or all the kids that you're around as I'm with every day. And I think that was really powerful. Thank you. Yeah. The only thing I would say is in addition to our instilling confidence in our children, it's validation right? We provide validation for our kids. And that's, that's something where if you don't get that, that's when we start looking towards outside the family for that validation. And one of the things like my older daughter, what I, what I admire about her most is she doesn't, she doesn't need that validation outside, outside with her friends and in, 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 in the community because she gets it here. She understands that she's good enough, right? And, uh, beyond her as a student, or a, a, as a player or a friend, she understands it at a basic human level within the context of this family and in, in our society, she's good enough. She's valid, right? And that's, that's what we as parents can do for our kids. I love that. And I know that the lady shared a little bit about their, their father-daughter relationship with their own fathers. And I had the same. I, I can walk anywhere, like Renee mentioned, and I know I belong there and I don't care what anybody else thinks. And my daddy told me so. So I have that. And I do remember him always telling me, never stay quiet, always speak up, always, you deserve to be there and everything. And those are things that a lot of times dads don't even know they're planting that seed, just their pride in their children, right? So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, as we wrap up our topic, I want to share a little bit more about a survey that we reviewed. And it says today's fathers have started to take on roles vastly different from fathers of previous generations. So get with the program, people. Stop putting dads and moms in boxes. In the last 20 to 30 years, research has increasingly focused on fathers due to the growing role modern-day fathers play in caregiving. A study conducted by the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development found that fathers tended to be more involved in caregiving when the father worked fewer hours than other fathers, had positive psychological adjustment characteristics like high self-esteem, lower uh, levels of depression and hostility, coping well with major tasks of adulthood. That explains the coaches on the piano today. A lot of that is addressed through sports. So put those kiddos in sports. Mothers worked more hours than other mo- mothers. Mothers reported greater marital intimacy, 
when children were boys. Other research on the role of fathers suggests that the influence of father love on children's development is as great as the influence of a mother's love. Fatherly love helps children develop a sense of their place in the world, which helps their social, emotional, and cognitive development and functioning. Moreover, children who receive more love from their fathers are less likely to struggle with behavior or substance abuse problems. And I think the story shared today kind of emphasized that. So in summation, we might want fathers to tell their children, I love you more often, like mothers do, but it's more important that fathers make their love known, even without the words. As we embrace all types of diversity, we need to recognize the different ways of embracing children and warm, loving relationships. As dad runs alongside, gripping the seats of his youngster's bicycle, he gives his child the courage to race into the unknown with the knowledge that someone loves him or her enough to stay near and trust him enough to let go. Thank you once again to all of our listeners for joining the podcast today. If you would like to follow our guests, please recall the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles we have previously shared and will be shared on our page. As promised, here's how to join us on an audience member on our next show episode. We hope you're just excited as we are. So go to our Truth Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend episode 10 as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCEP10. We'll respond to your request with the podcast website link where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send the audience link to. We'll also send all members a reminder of the day before the show recording. It's going to be so much fun to have you join us live. As always, we welcome your feedback, so please let us know your thoughts about today's show. Leave a comment. We will respond to all comments, but be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Don't forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate you tuning into our podcast, and we hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, using at True Talk Cafe. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks or True Talk Tuesdays. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome. We want to ensure we are providing content that is of value to you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us on our next podcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Talk soon.